Hello, fans of the Geeksman Podcast, and welcome to episode number four, where I interview Christian Lipsky of the PDX Broadsides. I hope you're enjoying the podcast, and if you are, perhaps consider supporting it through Buy Me a Coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash geekspinpodcast. Your donations will help me continue to bring you interviews with great artists about the music that you love. That's buymeacoffee.com forward slash geekspinpodcast. And as always, support the artists we feature by visiting their websites and buying their music and merchandise. Now, on with the show. You have my sword, her bow, and her phaser. You have our dragon, her wand, his lightsaber. You have their special dice, her sonic screwdriver. We are united by what we love. We are united by what we love. All right, and welcome to the fourth episode of the Geekspin Podcast. This is your host, Corey Geek, and today I'm going to be chatting with Christian Lipsky, one-third of the PDX Broadsides and solo artist. Christian, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Pleasure to be here. I guess the first question would be, how did you get your start in music? Oh, how did I get my start in music? Well, I took piano lessons when I was a kid. My mom was a piano teacher, so she tried to teach me. And I thought, yeah, playing music, that's great. But what they don't tell you is that you have to practice. And I don't like to practice, so I didn't practice, and my mom just stopped teaching me. She's, that's fine. That's good. Uh, so, yeah, so years later, I was, in, <laughs> I was in eighth grade and thought I would try out for the band in my school. And I figured I'd play, um, I wanted to play cornet. Um, because I wanted to play the Superman movie theme song. Yep. You know what I mean? Because um, that was super cool. But um, turns out that also takes practice. So I couldn't play. The, the, the band teacher pointed at me and said, okay, play a G. I, I just went, Burnt! and uh, that wasn't a G. And I said, can I play drums instead? Much easier to get a sound out when you're playing drums. So, so I was, uh, uh, from eighth grade on, I was, a I was a drummer. I was in like a youth symphony and, and that sort of thing, playing percussion and stuff. Um, and, uh, eventually I, uh, my friend and I went on a trip, um, in between, um, high school and college. We took a trip on our own to London, which I don't know why our parents decided that would be a good idea. But, um, and while I was there, we, we stayed with, my friend met some people at a record store and we crashed with them and they had a guitar and a David Bowie songbook. And I said, okay, it shows you where to put the fingers. And then I played a C and then I played an E minor. And those are the first, first two chords of Space Oddity. And I said, oh, I could do this. This is fun. Turns out that if you like doing it, it doesn't feel like practice. So, th so from then on, I was, uh, I was a drummer who also played guitar. Okay. And of course, you know, as a guitarist for the PDX broadsides. That is correct. I, when I first met them, um, as, as the, the band, it was three, three ladies, uh, doing acapella. And I said, that was really fun. That was really fun. I play, uh, uh, I play a little guitar and they said, you're in the band now. So that's cool. Uh, and I'm like, no, I'm a drummer. I know I'm just, you know, this is just like a hobby or whatever. No, 
they wouldn't listen to me, and so here I am. Five albums later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you just released a uh, released an album. Well, I guess you didn't just release it. What indoor kid? Indoor kid. Yep. That's from actually from June of last year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't think um, this this whole pandemic thing, this quarantine thing, was going to last that long. So I said, you know. March, April, May, June. So it took me like three months. I was like, I better get this out because otherwise it's, you know, the, the gimmick was I wrote these songs um, when I was out of work for like four or five months. I, d I would go to Starbucks every morning and just sit down, have coffee and write a song, good or bad. And then I could leave when I was done. So I thought, oh, that's such a cool gimmick. And now I can record the album of the songs that I wrote when I was at home while I'm at home. And um, that uh, turned out that did not stop uh, the quarantine that kept on going. So, but it's out there now. What's your strong songwriting process like? Um, it now I was going to say it depends because you know a lot of songwriters they it would start with the music or they start with the words, and I kind of bounce back and forth between the two. But for the most part. Um, the words are the hard part. So if I can, um, like, sit down at Starbucks for an hour and a half and just, you know, get a rhythm in my head, uh, a topic, maybe, you know, some sort of hook that makes it, you know, unique, and then I'll write the words, and then I can come back later at any point and put music to it. And that, for me, is, like, the fun part. It's the words are the hard part. So when you're writing, do you usually uh, work with uh, guitar or keyboard, drums? How do you oh, usually I... <laughs> uh, create the melodies, I guess? Um, that's a good question. Um, I think for the, for the most part, when I start writing lyrics, I have an idea for a melody because that goes along in my head with the rhythm. You know, I'm, I'm bounced through the, um, through the lyrics and I have an idea for you know, the, the rhythm of the words. And then I just kind of also at the same time kind of think about what uh, kind of melody would fit with that. And then I find chords that fit with that melody. Um, that's what I do most of the time. But a lot of the times I find that I don't get as adventurous with, uh, with the music if I start with a melody because I tend to just stay too um, uh, safe. So uh, I like to um, challenge myself to come up with some interesting chord changes and stuff and then try to see what melody fits with that. So I always change, it's always something.
spring Scratching at the ear Messages that reappear Seeking, searching for a way Passages in DNA And we all fall Make us room All is well Make us room and spin the spell Make us room We're coming home Make us room We've been alone Grasping through the wire Tender box before the fire Teasing, leaving questions blind Pretty words for tight minds And we all fall Make us rude room and spin the spell Make us room We're coming home Make us room We've been alone Sudden Seething in the sky Catch the corners of the eye Turning, gazing from a height Crouch and shiver in their sight And we all fall Make us room, all is well Make us room and spin the spell Make us room, we're coming home Make us room, we've been alone The earth, a worthless child Now feed and bleed it dry A thousand vows to serve Return to burn Now you mentioned that you uh, recorded home. Has this been true for all of your solo albums, or have you uh, done some studio work? Uh, for my solo albums, that's all been at home. It just whatever equipment I have at that time, that's what I use. Um, I was thinking about it though, um, about at some point, you know, putting up the money to to go into a studio and have things like professionally done, and, and then I could play the drums myself instead of, you know, MIDI drums which don't sound bad but it's not the same as getting in there and and doing it yourself just kind of hammering away yeah yeah actually uh you know what um my album mr big deal that i did for national solo album month 
um, I was actually living in a house. My wife and I were living in a house uh, where we had an extra room that I was able to set up drums in. So I was able to actually record with live drums. And that was that was great. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. Did you ever uh, collaborate with anybody? I mean, on your solo uh, work? Um, on... On my solo album, strictly solo albums, no. I tend to um, do that whole auteur thing where it's just, it's just me. I know what I want. It's a lot faster if I just do it myself, even if I'm not very good at that particular instrument like keyboards. Um, I t that all that stuff I do myself, but uh, I definitely do. I do some collaboration. Um, I was a, uh, I'm a member of a Facebook group called Theme Music. Um, and the, the deal with that is every week there's a theme, like, you know, colors or, you know, whatever. And, uh, and the challenge or the fun or whatever is to record cover songs that fit that theme. And, um, the, it's really encouraged for you to reach out to other members of the group. They could be all over the world and, and work together with them um, and do that. I'm also, uh, I'm also, I guess I, I'm also the member of a band called Expo um, with a friend of mine um, from Baltimore. Um, we've been friends since, and this is how I, I frame it. We've been friends since live journal. So, you know, a long time, Right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah, and we've done um we've done several albums uh together using kind of a collaborative method, you know, he um it's like that, you know that game um Exquisite Corpse where uh, uh, yeah, and where you fold up a piece of paper and you start drawing a figure and then you fold it over and give it to the next person. The next person takes the ends of your lines and does the middle part with the arms or whatever. And then you fold it and then you open it up and you see what you get. Right. That's, that's kind of what Expo's like. Where um, my friend John Lane will come up with, you know, a, a, a title and like a musical sort of... He's great at keyboards. So he'll do like a musical bed and he'll say, here, here is a song called you know whatever whatever it happens to be and then i'll go uh okay he's like i've got the i've got the music and the chorus write lyrics for it write verses and then add guitar and whatever else and we've done uh four or five albums like that and it's always really interesting because it's never what you think um, it's going to be, we can't sit in a room and like bounce back and forth. Like, how about this? Oh, how about this? It's here's a finished part of something. Right. Finish it off. You know, almost it's, jazz like, it, yeah, it, it's like, I trust you with this half of my creation. Let's see what we can do together. Just, just based on that. So how many bands have you been in over the years? <laughs> See, I never think about it as a lot, but yeah. Um, I, I, I did, uh, I auditioned uh, for a band when I was in college for a band called Cinderblocks, with an X probably. Okay. Um, as a drummer, uh, I was not what they were looking for based on the, on the name. So I'm not, I wasn't in that band. <laughs> but I... Um, I, I let me see. I played drums in a band called the Down and Outers in Oakland, California. 
Um, uh, and then, uh, let's say a band called the collective, because there were, I think there were eight or nine people like rotated around in, uh, in San Mateo, California, playing drums. Um, uh, another, uh, Bay area band, I played drums and, and sang backup called, um, called a bunch of things, the wake army street. We changed our names a lot. Uh, and eventually, uh, uh, simple world. And that was uh, uh, when I lived in L.A. Um, with uh, the other folks. Everybody lived in L.A. A couple of them were actors. But uh, that was where it was like a real band, where we were, we had a manager, and we were, you know, going out for gigs in Hollywood, and we played at the Viper Room, and we, we you know, tried to, you know, did the whole thing, the whole L.A. music thing. That sucks, man. <laughs> That is a rough go because nobody, especially it's in LA where that's where they make the things, you know, nobody cares. Like we're a brand new band. I don't care. Let me know when you know somebody who can get you on a thing or whatever. Um, so that, that was fun and frustrating at the same time. Um, and then. After that, it was this is what it was: Expo and uh, my solo stuff and the PDX broadsides. So I've, I have like a pretty wide, <laughs> like musical musical background because it's all different kinds of. It was like all different kinds of music, honestly. Yeah, I believe you shared a couple of pictures of yourself uh, back in, I guess, your alternative days. Long Could flowing be. hair. Oh, yeah. God, those were the days. Yeah, that was, uh, uh, <laughs> that was uh that was right. Um yeah, that was uh that was the collective. Uh like we like with the um and it was like the late eighties, so we had like the jean shorts down to the knees rolled up and like brocade vests and like long hair and it's like what's up? San Francisco man. But you know, we played like kind of jangly pop, kinda really sweet stuff. That was fun. It was just so many different ways. So when you're writing your albums, um, it doesn't really seem like there's a whole lot of a theme going through it. You have, you know, country songs, uh, <laughs> alternative, uh, to just kind of write whatever comes to mind, whatever works best for your album. Yeah. <clears throat> I, yeah. A lot of the albums that I do just on my own are just like a, a, a collection of things. Some of them are, are just like, I've, I've got a backlog of songs. And let's pick some to be on the album. Go. Um, I don't usually write, <clears throat> yeah, country <laughs> country stuff. There was a while there. I, I was made sure I had a country song on every album. Because yeah. I grew up, I grew up all over, but like in the South and, you know, that kind of stuff. So country music was always a big part of my life. But um, yeah, I don't, uh, I just tend to just put stuff on there, which I, I hear is just a bad thing. You need to have, you need to have a sound. You must be identifiable and, and you have your niche and then we can label you and that's fine. Um, but I'm like, that's fine. I'm just going to do what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to do what I want to That's what I want to hear when I listen to an album. I'm like, what's the next song going to be like? I'm like, oh, that's a really cool, you know, something different, something new. Um, except for my album Love Song for the Hopeless, which is a concept album. So that one was definitely, I came up with... Um, uh, a concept, not just a clever name. And 
then I identified parts of the story and said, okay, what's a, what's a song that would fit here? What's a song that would fit there? But even still, like that still has a country song on it. So, I, you know, you can take the boy out of the country, I guess. Can't take the country out of the boy. No, sir. My boots are full of sin Yeah, my friend falls in my hand As the band tries to light in the moon Though our battle is losing Cause the patrons keep boozing To just back it in Would be seen as rude The barman works my nerves but the audience he serves is a dreadful menagerie. Though the band is wailing, I can feel their will failing. But I can't let them down, they look up to me. Just a few more songs to go. Well, nobody wants to hear more One more night in this dusty cantina One more happy hour The glue horn sounded flat And someday I'll get to that But I can't seem to manage tonight Cause my head's full of smoke And our paycheck's a joke And now some pushy drunk Lost his arm in a fight Well, we used to top the bill But our luck went as it will So can't buy it's only a dream Now we play where we can you can see figuring Dan had a bar in Mos Eisley on dry Tatooine. Just a few more songs to go. Well, nobody wants to hear more. One more night in this dusty cantina. It's closing time again And they're sweeping up the end Of another drunk night on the town As the band's packing up I stare in my cup And try to remember Where life let me down Just a few more songs to go Though nobody wants to hear more One more night in this dusty cantina One more happy hour One more happy hour 
so what have you been uh, working on since the pandemics uh, started? Wow. Other than other than indoor kid, after indoor kid, I was like, I was really hard, like full tilt, working on that for like three months or more, um, and then after that, kind of uh, pandemic set in, you know, up here, and it was just it was just terrible. Like anxiety is really bad, and like when when you're just filled with anxiety, it's hard to get really focused or really excited about anything so like you know i'm gonna watch my movies i'm gonna watch my tv and i'm just gonna sit down and go i don't know what's happening um so yeah i didn't i didn't really do a lot um actually in the last few months i've like let's say three or four months i um started to to kind of break out of that cycle and one way that helped me was um you know i have a bunch of songs on my phone and I'm listening to music all the time, and and a song will come up, and I and I will go, wow, that was a really interesting chord change, or that's really, oh, wow, that's fascinating. How do they do that? And so I'll put that in a playlist called Figure It Out, and and then I'll you know, so cover songs are are not, they don't have to come from inside you, so they don't take a lot of like effort. So that's what I would do is I go and, and find songs that I really love, but I don't know how they do it, figure out how they do it. And that kind of keeps me interested and keeps me kind of motivated with uh, with music. Um, it's been it's been a lot of fun. And now, of course, uh, the band's fully vaccinated and incubated and we've had uh, two rehearsals in person already and, and coming back and starting that um Playing all at the same time again really has really kickstarted the drive. Yeah, we're uh, we're all looking forward to seeing you. I guess it's not next weekend, but the weekend following. Yep, for KeyCon. Yep. So I noticed that you uh, you've also been a comic book reporter or journalist. Mm-hmm. I'd actually love to hear more about that. <laughs> um, that was interesting. That was uh, um, I got laid off from my job. And I thought, I need to find something to do um, while I'm looking for a job. And, um, you know, I love comics. And I found this um, website called examiner.com where they, they, look for local, <clears throat> they look for local people in cities all around the country to basically be um, contracted journalists or writers or, you know, bloggers or whatever it happens to be. So I, I said, yeah, why not? Let's let's write about comics. And so I, I I pitched that to to them, and they said, okay, give me a sample. And um, yeah, and then it was just it's all kind of a self starter sort of things, so like you can sink or swim, um, just on your own. So that got me out to um, to to events and and comic things and getting to know people in the community here in Portland, and uh, it was amazing. It was a lot of work. Um, I was, I think I was doing an article every other day, um, wow. not reviews cause it had, it needed to be local. Um, not just like, you know, look at that thing across the country. So, uh, so yeah, I was out at, at, at comic book signings and events and, um, we have, uh, conventions here in town and, uh, yeah, I really got to know, uh, all the people, the artists and, and, uh, community here in Portland. They're fantastic. Just a great, 
great bunch of people. But I did that for like three years. Yeah, I've heard that uh, Portland has a fairly large uh, comics community of uh, creators and artists. Yeah, once uh, Marvel and DC, one of those, at least one of them, left Manhattan uh, and went to L.A. to be where the movies are. Um, Portland was, is basically the largest number of comics professionals per capita um, in the country, for sure. Um, the, it's, it's, I think it had to do with back when that started happening is when um, home prices and rents were really low. Right. So, you know, you can't live in New York. You can't live in L.A. on a comic book person's salary. So, you know, Portland, hey, that's really great. And it's like artsy and funky and 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 weird and uh uh you know so and but then and then that started like to create its own gravity and bring more people in because it's like hey oh there's a helioscope studios over there oh did you you know who else lives here brian michael bendis lives here matt fraction lives here kelly sue deconic lives here oh yeah okay and um yeah and just it has just really just grown from that point Uh, who's uh who's some of the big names that you've uh, talked to in the comic book industry Brian Michael Bendis lives here. (laughs) (laughs) Those folks, uh, I mean, um, uh, Matt Fraction, uh, he is, uh, Matt Fraction is a fantastic writer. He, he's, he's been, he is always cool and fun to hang out with and talk to. Um, Kelly Sue DeConnick, his wife is, is also really great. Um, Steve Lieber, who is an artist who did uh, Superior Foes of Spider-Man and uh, the Jimmy Olsen um, miniseries with Matt Fraction. Uh, Greg Rucka also lives here, who does um, uh, what you wrote, Stumptown, which was a TV show. Um, The Old Guard, which was a movie on Netflix. Um, uh, Greg Rucka is super, super cool. Just basically everybody. Everybody is big and everybody's cool and um, and they all care. They care about the medium and they care about um, their peers, which is everybody. If you're in comics, everyone here is willing to help out. And that like after moving from L.A. and the, you know, the music industry and the just the bitter. I, I've played with so many bands that were would rather we were dead Mm-hmm. Um, and then to come here and go, oh yeah, we're both competing for the same job. I hope you get it here. Let me give you some tips and let me, oh, let me share this with you or let me put in a good word with, with this person or whatever. And it's just like, it's just a, such a, a tight community and it's really awesome. I guess it kind of uh, translates to the, uh, nerd rock and uh, folk scene out there. Because I've noticed that there seems to be a very large proportion of uh, artists listed on Bandcamp that uh, are from Portland, Oregon. Is that right? Is, there, is, there a, is that true? Yeah. No, it. I think it's part of the same thing. That whole, you know, Portlandia dream of the '90s or whatever, where it's like, it's a, it, it's a, it's a town that encourages creativity. In my mind, it's, it's. If you want to make glass bottles that mice can drink out of, heck yeah, do it. I think that's awesome. <laughs> you know, like it, this is just a real good, uh, uh, you know, kind of support system or encouragement for just weirdness here. Don't move here. The stairs. 
Yes, you certainly made it sound like, you know, hell on earth. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> so are we going to be seeing it? Are we going to be seeing any new uh, music from the PDX broadsides? Uh, most certainly. I know for uh, for the Keycon show, we've got at least three brand new songs that uh, that we haven't done together. Um, one of one of them is from my solo stuff that I did on my show, not from an album or anything, but just. Um, and then a couple of other ones that we were working on before the pandemic hit we were like in the process of like collaborating and 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 working on these songs and we went back to them over the last couple of rehearsals and and they're really coming together so we're like yeah let's do it i think we're we're more willing to do new things now because we're so desperate <laughs> to, to like to like share this stuff it's been so long how has it been getting back together with the uh, ladies awful they're terrible people it's hmm. <laughs> not true um <laughs> it's uh i mean we've always got we've always got um we've always had these zoom shows and we're always on slack with each other so it's not like you know how have you been or where, what have you been up to but like to to actually be um in the same place with everybody there and making music all together is really, you know, there's nothing like it. So it's something we've been missing for, for well over a year at this point. It was, it's just like a breath of fresh air. Did you, did you, did you look up bands that, uh, that hail from this part of the country? Uh, you know what, actually when I started, um, when I started getting into the idea of doing this uh, podcast, I was kind of looking, starting to look at bands and branched off of the, bands that uh, the PDX broadsides were recommending mm -hmm. and just happened to notice that a lot of them seem to be located around uh, Portland, Oregon. Yeah, these are the folks that these are the folks that we look when we were, you know, booking a show in town. We're like, well, who can we play with? Yeah. You know, we're always looking for, um, you know, folks to 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 be on stage with us and to share a show with. So, yeah, that, that we're definitely going <laughs> to definitely recommend a lot of the folks in town. Um, Mega Thruster, uh, the Faithful Sidekicks. Yep. Recently moved here, which has been great. We played with them um, in Seattle and and here, but like know them from from far away. Yeah, um, and it's been uh, yeah, it's it's great. I'm sure there's just a ton of bands that uh, that we don't know about yet that are that are happening and just ready to to burst. I'm hoping that that over the next year there's just going to be just this huge explosion of of people who have been like cooped up in their in their houses in their apartments and just like ah and just refining their craft because there's nothing else to do and then they just explode and uh it's it's going to be a whole new renaissance of nerdery actually the faithful sidekicks were in my first podcast interview is that right yep they're they're great they're yeah, so really much fun <laughs> they live up to their they live up to their name. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> They're really really funny and clever and just really sweet and man, Eric's uh uh just just a whiz at at writing quickly. Um he's he's just they're both like a lot of fun. It's it's, it's been really a pleasure to to know him and and play with him as well. Yeah, I've actually got a uh, another interview set up with Eric for next week. Uh, we're going to be talking about FOM. There we go. Yep. yep. He um, yeah he explained that and, and 
again, and that like he told me about that when we were in Seattle doing a show, and I was like, that sounds a lot like, um, you know, it sounds a lot like like theme music, um, except for uh, its original songs, and it sounds like uh, Song Fight, mm-hmm. Nerdcore Rising, MC Front a Lot, wow. <laughs> got his start but just that uh, and that sounded really cool i i don't know if i uh if i would have the guts to do that yeah, actually, or the time actually it's the time more than the guts but like writing just like go you got two days go awesome yeah actually it's uh funny because the first three uh interviews that i've done so far have been with faithful sidekicks um mm-hmm. mr g and the silly songs and mm-hmm. uh the fifth sister Yay! <laughs> all three of them have all talked about FOM. Is that oh, I should talk about FOM. <laughs> I'm not in FOM. That's all I got. That's, <laughs> but I have been there. I mean, after Eric told me about it, I went and visited the website and checked it out and stuff. And that's like, wow, that's like a petri dish of creativity. Yeah, It's just like, just it really, talk about honing your craft. It's like teaches you by repetition just how to crank songs out and and from there who knows well is there anything on your mind that you'd like to talk about (laughs) um i don't know i um yeah actually uh one thing i've noticed like in the in the film community and the the nerd music community or, or or in the nerd community in general there's a lot of um i always see a lot of uh, similarities in, you know, musical styles or musical tastes and stuff like that. Um, most nerd music people you will talk to got their start because of, now I'm going to say most, and that is really a generalization, but, um, uh, they might be giants or, uh, weird Al for sure, mm-hmm. but, um, stuff like that. And, um, I always felt like I kind of came at it from a different direction because I, I I didn't grow up with a whole lot of uh, they might be giants for example or or Jonathan Colton um probably because of the the the, the way I got into nerd music which was being told that I was in a nerd music band um was uh, I I kind of fell into it as opposed to coming from you know. Uh, David Bowie, Beach Boys, T-Rex, you know, Gary Newman kind of stuff, or and then later on hair metal. But um, coming in like from that direction, um, I, I hopefully, I hope that means that I can, I bring a little, some, some sort of different element. Not that I'm all that, you know, like the super great guy or whatever, but I really... Um, I hope that that brings in just some some different ingredient into the stew. Um, and like Jessica, uh, she comes from a a more classical piano background, um, a lot more of the kind of singer songwriter stuff. So she brings you know she brings that in. And uh, Holly is a uh, uh, big on uh, she's a theater kid, so she comes from the musical theater side, and that's what. I think that it's it's really interesting if you were to look at um, a bunch of different nerd bands and find out like, okay, now what's your musical path? Like, where like what kind of music did you grow up on or formative years and stuff? 
versus uh, versus your other person in the band, and then see kind of what sort of um, quarks make up this particular atom. You know what I mean? Like that stuff is like always really fascinating to me. Yeah. Who were some of your top bands growing up? Well, um, it's interesting um, that I came in. It feels like I came in late to music. Like my brother, my younger brother is two years younger than me, was definitely like had bands that he liked. And I was just listening to, you know, the radio. Um, but eventually, eventually it kicked in and it kicked in with a vengeance. Um, but since I did have a younger brother, I did have a brother, a sibling, um, the no copying rule went into effect. So that means that I couldn't like any band that he liked oh. and vice versa. So I would like mention a band and he will say, he was, <laughs> I was like, Hey Devo. And he's like, I don't really like them. I'm like, awesome. Good. I'll take, I'll take them. Cool. So <laughs> growing up, I'm, I'm going to say like Devo, Rolling Stones, uh oh, um, and uh, Benny Goodman. I found a Benny Goodman record at the library and blew my mind. Uh, and then moved on to um, David Bowie, who's been my my rock. And uh, uh, enough's enough. I don't know if, if, if your listeners know uh, this band Enough's Enough, but they got lumped in with the hair metal stuff, but they are absolutely like the power pop Beatles of hard rock. Gorgeous melodies and crazy interesting chords. They're, they show up a lot on my Figure It Out playlist. Um, but uh, T-Rex, a lot of 70s stuff. Um, uh, Paul Gilbert, who is a, a guitarist and pop writer, who's also in a band called Racer X. Who's very, uh, she's a shredder on guitar. Um, Loretta Lynn, I grew up with. Uh, <laughs> it's just, <laughs> God, I'm like, um, let me go. I'm going to look at my Spotify playlist and see what I got. <laughs> oh, Beach Boys. I didn't mention the Beach Boys, but like, that ridiculous ridiculous um yeah i have a feeling that i I gravitate towards melody Mm -hmm. um more than anything else probably because after being a drummer so long i don't hear the words very clearly so i'm not really sure what they're saying but it's pretty how they're doing it um so i i I usually go for that like kind of a um uh 80s pop rock Anything in that kind of style, whether it's, you know, modern or or old, I go for. Do you like the kingdom I have made here for you? As you make your way Every misstep Brings us closer together I can't look away Under the law That I lay down for you I would be your slave 
gave you freedom so you could defy me. Haven't I been brave? This is what you wanted. Everything I've done, I've done for you.
Is there a particular uh, generation of Bowie that you were into? Every every single generation of Bowie. <laughs> there are. That's the best part about being a Bowie fan is that you don't have to leave the artist to go for different genres. Well, there you go. Different genres. Different. He never made a country album, but he did. You know. Can you imagine what like, it would have been like? <clears throat> would have been awful. It would have been terrible. It would have been terrible. He was in this movie called uh, Il Mio West. Um, it was a Western, and he played a really bad guy. And he tried to do an accent, like a southern western accent, and it was really bad. So, I don't know. I would, I would have bought it, though. I would have bought it. That's fine. You know. <laughs> I started out with, I started out with, uh, with the... Um, with the you know the Ziggy Stardust the seventy two seventy three the glam sort of era uh, seventy one man who sold the world that that chunk because it's the flashy it's the yeah. flashiest and it's outrageous and it's very sassy so that's that's always going to be probably my favorite but it depends honestly it depends on the mood I would make mixes for different years like like oh it's time to make a bowie mix like what am i what am i into right now boom 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 and it's they're never the same so yeah do you have uh any dream artists that you'd love to share the stage with um i was gonna say uh chamber band they're uh they're a band from brooklyn they did um they did an album called uh deities which is all D and D sort of themed. It's and then they they did one called I can't remember what it's called, but it's all Hunger Games themed. Okay. But it, but it's not none of none of their songs are on the nose. Like one day I went down and I played in the Hunger Games. Well, let me write that down. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, there's there's songs that they're very like like alternative styling. But just with this this nerdy bent, um, but we did actually play a show with them. They came into town. They were looking for a band to play with, and 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 I don't know how they found us. But uh, and then we shared a stage with them. Stage with them. They're they're freaking great. That's it. That's all I got. Jonathan Colton, maybe Paul and Storm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Double Clicks we played with. Um, but like Jonathan Colton, Paul and Storm, maybe, you know, on uh, Joko Cruise, that would be a good place to have them all together. And then we could all play on the same stage together. You guys. <laughs> that's one of our, that's how um, we talked about this and we, and, uh, in the van. We're like, that's how we'll know that we made it. If we get invited to be on Joko Cruise, that would be cool. Because it's just, it's just all cool people. So during uh, con season, which cons can you be found at? Mm, Rose City Comic Con, hometown. Um, Rose City is great. Rose City is a great con. Um, and then, of course, on the other side, six months apart, it would be Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle, Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, end of list. <laughs> there's a there are a bunch there are a bunch of there there are always conventions going on and stuff but those are those are the two that i enjoy the most because they feel even though they've both gotten really big um they they're the ones that feel most like um you know comic cons that are that are for that are about comics 
you know, I've been to San Diego um, Comic Con a bunch of times, and it's it's. I think everybody should go at least once, and maybe just once. But it's so overwhelming, and it's very much um, it's an IP con, it's an intellectual property con. It's like yeah. movies and games, and it's crazy. Um. Uh, but you know what else is like that is Dragon Con. Um, not like not like. San Diego, but like uh, Emerald City and stuff. A Dragon Con is volunteer run, and yet is like four or five days long. Takes over four or five hotels in downtown Atlanta, and, vol- and is volunteer run. It is f- by the fans and for the fans, and and that is like the best. I had no idea it was that long. It, it gets longer every couple years. They they're like, oh, we're gonna. Well, just come a day early, and then that just becomes, you know, part of the whole thing. We have some of that. We have that. We got started at smaller conventions like that here, Oricon, uh, you know, fantasy sci-fi conventions, um, Oricon, um, NorwestCon um, up in Seattle. These are like the the smaller versions of Worldcon, which is where they do the Hugos and everything. But again, it's still, it's fan run, volunteer run. And uh, I'm glad that we got started there because then once we got to um, Dragon Con, like the show, mm-hmm. um, it was the same kind of feel, even though it's huge. It is the same kind of feel, though. That's nice. Right. Uh, there's one thing I forgot to ask you about earlier when you we were talking mm. about uh, comic books is mm. you'd also sat on the board with the Eisner Awards. I did in 2014. Maybe. Yeah, that was, uh, I mean, as a result of me um, uh, getting to know people and uh, and for for an introvert, deciding to take a job <laughs> interviewing people and talking to people and being out of the house, it really helped. It was really <laughs> good. But as, as a result of, uh, of doing a lot of writing and, and getting to know people and, and talking to people and reading lots of comics and stuff, um, yeah, I got invited to, to participate and be one of the judges for the Eisner Awards for 2014. And it was, uh, it was a great experience. Um, it was uh, overwhelming, though, you know, honestly, like, think of all the submissions for, you know, for for an Eisner Award in all the different categories, you got to read all those. You have right. to read all of those comics and be familiar with them enough to say, okay, this versus this, or you know, that kind of stuff. And that was uh, that was mind blowing. And then we got together in in San Diego for a weekend. It was three days. Um, all the judges with all the books, everything like in this big like conference room with everything laid out. And say, okay, if you haven't finished some of these things, go read these, and then we're going to talk. And there's a lot of talking and arguing. There's arguing, mm-hmm. but um, you know, debating, let's say. But uh, um, I, I, yeah, I really feel like um, I really feel. I hope at least that we did justice to the to the folks who who were who were nominated. But that was amazing. It was uh, great. I imagine it's quite the experience. I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's uh well? What's next? What are you guys going to be doing for the next next year? I guess. Okay, <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Uh, um, uh, yeah, that's a, for the next year. I, I don't know. You know, it really depends. And we're not out of the woods yet. Mm-hmm. We're um, you know, so so we're not. 
making hard, hard plans about about travel and shows yet. I mean, once we um, here in Portland, uh, Oregon's going to get um, opened up once everybody's seventy seventy percent of the people are vaccinated. Um, and then we'll, you know, hopefully, you know, we'll start doing some shows and kind of getting our chops back and stuff. But also being trapped inside for over a year means we're all ready to travel, mm. ready to go. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, the places that we're going to being being safe yeah, and, and everything. And I'm sure my wife would love to have me out of the house for, you know, I... Yeah, I work from home. I worked from home before the pandemic, so like, I'm always here. I'm always she's like, go, go tour, go do something, please. Um, so I'm hoping. I mean, you know, we've got we've got some ideas. We've got some, you know, we've got some nefarious plans on the boil. Um, but uh, well, we really will have to see um, how the country goes, how the world goes. To know exactly when we can, you know, put stuff into into effect. Well, you know, I think we'll uh, we'll wrap it up here. So, just like to say, Kristen Litsky, thank you very much for coming on out. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Geekspin Podcast, and a special thanks to Christian Lipsky for joining me today. If you enjoyed hearing Christian's work, you can find more of it at astoriahotel.bandcamp.com. That's all for this week. This is Corey Geek signing off.